Hello and welcome to The Change Troubleshooter. This is Nina Dar's podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of The Change Troubleshooter, the podcast that is now being listened to in 174 cities in 25 countries on six continents. This is the sustainability season. For today's episode, What is a Transition Village?, Nina embarked on her first outdoor recording session on location on an allotment in Lim, where she met Liz. Having moved to Lim a couple of years ago and becoming increasingly concerned about environmental issues, Liz reached out to the local community and set up a meeting in a local Lim pub to see what was happening in the area. This culminated in a decision to start Lim Transition Village. So, what is a transition village? Hello and welcome to our very first outside broadcast of The Change Troubleshooter. And today I have lovely Liz with me and we're sat on her allotment in Southbrook. And the allotment's run by Lynn Parish Council. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about what is a transition village. Liz is the founder of Lim Transition Village. And this is something that I've recently been introduced to and our conversation today is going to be you telling me and everybody else what a transition village is and how we could get involved. So when did you first come across a transition village and why did you want to get involved? I wanted to get involved because I wanted to do something locally about ecological issues and also have a kind of a community focus to it and a, a local focus to it um, um i um i was very very stressed after the sort of extinction rebellion protest started i kind of i started reading up about the the kind of state of of nature uh, and getting very worried about it and um i'm a mother of a five-year-old and um yeah <laughs> it was around 2019 so i started reading about that kind of thing and i wanted to do something local and um, i was in the process of moving house at the time and i was moving here um to this village so i thought right okay well i'll try and sort of see if i can connect up with other people in the village and i and i thought i didn't really know what i was doing to be honest i was in a panic and um, putting feelers out to see if there was anybody else out there that would be in any way kind of knowledgeable or uh, have an idea whether there was anything at all that we could do that would be worth doing. I kind of made an account on Facebook, which was a bit of a, a stressful thing to do for me because I, I had deliberately left Facebook a few years earlier because I didn't like it. But, um, oh, birds and I. Um, and, um, yeah, I made, I made a Facebook account in order to connect up with other people who might be living locally and I kind of figured out that a lot of the local chat was on Facebook like that was where the sort of the local chat was happening love limb um, locals love limb locals <laughs> yeah yeah that kind of thing so uh, I I put a sort of call out on the um love limb locals and I said oh you know um I, I said what I was feeling what I've just said to you now and I said uh, I'm gonna go down to the spread eagle pub tonight about seven o'clock so if anyone fancies like coming down and having a chat about this yeah then I'll see you there and obviously I got a few of those like mean crying laughing face type emojis on the thing who was this strange person but then um, also probably about 10 people 
showed up to the pub, which was quite surprising. And that was kind of how Lim Transition Group started. And a number of those people were um, already a part of Low Carbon Lim, which you talked about in one of your other podcasts. Um, like Zoe uh, was there. And um, so a couple of them were people who were new to the village, like me, even people who'd moved from abroad here. Yeah. And then a few people had lived in Lim for a while, but not really been involved in anything. And then there was people from Low Carbon Lim as well. And we kind of got chatting and then we decided amongst ourselves we'll be, become a transition group after kind of looking up whether anything existed that was what we were all talking about and trying to do. Right, so um, really you were, you were just reaching out to people who had the same concerns as you. Yeah. And then as a result of reaching out to those people and 10 people turning up in the pub, which is great. Yeah. We're just reaching out, isn't mm-hmm. it? And then some of those people involved in grassroots initiatives that were already happening in yeah. them and then some new to that yes. so as a collective yes you looked around and said actually there's a network already here yes. a transition network and for those who don't know who are listening this is a, an already established network to allow people to to jump on it not to provide you any rules or anything else but to jump on and find even more like minds in different areas who are trying to do the same thing yes yeah that's exactly it so um so transition it has a few different aims one of them's to do with kind of um living in a more sustainable way and living in a more locally based way which is one of the things I was interested. That's why I wanted to meet people in the pub. Because I wanted to know, like, okay, who are my neighbours who feel the same? You know, if we're in a a future situation where we're struggling because of ecological damage, I want to know whether there's other people that will kind of have been expecting this to some degree. And who you can call on. Who who I can call on, literally (laughs) by walking (laughs) to them. I wanted to know who those people were. And as you said, so to transition, it's it's a network, it's an international group of groups, and each of the small groups are locally based. So that's how how it works. You you kind of look at who you are and where you're based. And for us, we're based in Lim, which is why we're a transition village, because you know we're all from Lim, and, and everything we talk about is to do with the village here. But for example, there's Transition Liverpool, which yeah. is much bigger. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of where your little group, what is that sense of place that you all share? Yeah. And whatever that is, that's what you kind of title your group. Yeah. So they're, they're varying sizes and they're international now. Some of them are like our village and kind of really, really new. And others of them are well-established ones that have been running for a few decades um, that have done massive projects and that kind of thing and you all work together then you can all learn from each other share experiences yeah so there's a website where there's quite a lot of resources about different projects because transition is generally it's 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 about setting up projects to help you build your sense of community in your area develop a more sustainable kind of um, ecologically friendly way of living and connect with other groups in other places doing similar 
and you do that in a kind of project-based way then you celebrate the successes of your project so you sort of okay well what we're going to do is we're going to as a group make this happen this is the thing we want to happen and then you know you share that with the wider network and we do that in sort of like small to big ways so for example we could in the in in lim we've done a lot of tree planting so we might then for example share our experience in tree planting with the northwest transition group you know which includes uh, northwich and new mills and liverpool and heswall and west kirby and west kirby are very creative transition groups so they do a lot of open mic stuff and a lot of creative stuff and uh, new mills have done massive community projects they they do whole big festivals and things like that and um, so it's about sort of setting up projects and then using those projects to live more sustainably more locally and build a sense of community and and it's about like being more resilient as a community yeah not dependent on on something you know way above you happening yeah no I I I saw that in some of the stuff that I read about it and I think it started with an idea that uh, places could be sustainable from an energy perspective yeah which is amazing yeah and we know here in Lim, this was one of the earliest groups to set up. Yeah. Was it called Low Energy? Lim Community Energy. And then yeah. it became Low Carbon Lim. Yeah. And I was shocked, actually, that I'd never heard of these things. So I was thinking, oh, how do these groups get a wider sense of community then? Because it's great that you put something on Facebook and immediately those people who are interested in that call and that is milestone one tick (laughs) you've got those they're already there they're already with you probably engaged and they're ready to go and then I take it then since then since that original 10 you spun out a little bit but then how do you get to people like me Mm. (laughs) who who are busy not always in limb but actually want to be connected, want to feel part of the community, definitely want to live a more sustainable life, mm. but um, but not sort of on that path, really, where you hear any, everything. And it's only through lockdown and then me studying different things that I even know you now and, and a few of the other things that are going on. Otherwise, I would have no idea. You know, is it just meant to happen organically and you don't really have to reach out to these people? You hope people like me will stumble across you at some point. Yeah, I think different sort of transition groups do that in different ways. And they all have, because as you said, it's kind of grassroots. That's both the strength and also the drawback of it because there isn't really a way to do it. And some of them are like the one in Liverpool. or Some of the people involved, they're quite... um, they're quite kind of well linked in with the higher ups like people in the um the council and i think they're quite well advertised and i think their website is really sort of swish and everything and then there's then there's awesome we don't even have a website and we're quite kind of as you say perhaps well known amongst the sort of environmental mafia and then to everybody else they're like who and what are you and you know I think even the name you know it, it, it probably gets a bit confusing to just sort of the general public because transition sounds like it's to do with transgender mm-hmm. now is doesn't it yeah. and it's kind of like actually yeah yeah so um I think that can be a bit of a barrier as well and yeah I think you make a fair point as to like do the kind of just the random person who lives in Lim are they aware of this and would they wish to be made aware of it 
No, they're probably not aware of it. And maybe they would want to be involved or maybe they wouldn't. I, I imagine probably quite a lot of them would feel a bit like me, a little bit like out of their depth. And I know you and I have talked about this before. So like I was, before I got very stressed about ecology and stuff, I was no gardener. I was nothing to do with any kind of activism. I was nothing to do with any kind of environmentalism, nothing at all. Or really having a strong opinion. Even. No, no. I didn't have a massive opinion about it. I'd been vegetarian as a teenager, but I gave that up when I had my son. It was more because I was a bit squeamish about animals being killed and I thought it was mean, you know. I didn't, I didn't even really understand anything about carbon footprint or anything about that. And yeah, I never tried to do any growing or gardening or anything. So I think quite a lot of people might just sort of hear about it and think like, oh, that's not for me. That's for like people who know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. But here we are. On your allotment, which as we approached, we went, wow, that's a big space. Also a non-garden. <laughs> Thinking, how are you going to fill that? You've already found some amazing old tools that people have discarded uh, but can be reused. And you're getting together with some other people and you're sort of trying to put a plan together, yeah. not doing what I would do, which <laughs> is just dig in, plant something, hope for the best. You're actually trying to work with other people and say, right, what we're going to do here, if we're going to try and have this as an actual food source, not yeah. just for a bit of a laugh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. then let's plan it. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. And and this is all new for you. You're Very just throwing new. yourself in there. Yeah. <laughs> which is fabulous and I think I think really everyone will be heartened to hear this because I think there is such a stigma attached to being sustainable or saying that you support climate change it's almost like now people don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing anymore I know, I know. and really all it is is just going back to a time when life was simpler and a bit more a basic I guess as as a choice not yeah. as a you have to do it no but wouldn't it be nice to grow a few fruit and veg for yourself and work on a project with some of your friends and neighbors probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> people seem to think it is you know doing things as a group I think that's that is the experience we've had with tr planting the trees you know it's hard to get people to come to meetings for transition because, like, everyone hates a meeting, don't yeah, they, in yeah, life? Yeah, yeah. But um, it, we, we never have trouble getting people to come to the tree planting because they like planting trees. It's very, um, like, you just stood there with people and you're having a chat and you're kind of digging a hole, putting a tree in, and it's literally as simple as that. You know, I was quite daunted by the idea that we were going to plant a lot of trees because I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to plant a tree. And it's only when you do it and you realise it's actually incredibly simple. Yeah. You know, uh, like see one, do one, teach one. You know, you could see it done once and then you could teach someone else how to do it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, now I'm sure getting the allotment going will not be as simple as that. <laughs> but it will be equally but, um, fun. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. That's it. Doing it with other people is... And learning how to do it with other people. I suppose you're convincing yourself... I can learn how to do this um, and then it's, it's a, possible and it's a skill set worth having worth passing on yeah. worth getting kids involved in because it's a skill set for life isn't it once you learn some of these things I mean I, 
I was a brownie guy, <laughs> all those things. You know, I absolutely loved it because you went out, you were out in the outdoors, you did your badges, and for every badge, you were doing something amazing. <laughs> out, you know, if someone said to me, do you want to go bird watching? I'd have been probably like, <laughs> no. Do you want to get the bird watching badge? When I sort of read it and, and the more competitive side of me, then, yeah, I want, I want the bird watching badge, yeah. Because I wanted my arms full of badges. And then you realise you're just doing things and you're learning things without even thinking about it. And it's just fun. And really, Transition Village, to me, seems that. Yeah, transition projects can definitely be like that. I think they can definitely be like that. I think where we've struggled sometimes is we have loads of ideas and it's like moving from the stage of like an idea to actually making it happen. Right. I think that's quite hard. So you need some doers in the group. We definitely have a couple of doers in the group. But yeah, we could always use more doers. And I think everybody's waiting for permission, aren't they? Yeah. Sometimes that's how it seems. Like, I definitely feel like that myself. It's a bit like what I said about the allotment. I'll be like, oh, I can't have an allotment because... Like, why do I get an allotment? Like, I won't know what to do with it. And someone would have to show me. You know, it's that, that's there in my mind. Yeah. Like I said about the tree planting. And I, I think that's a common thing for people to feel, you know. Like, oh, I'd like to see this happen, but I don't know how to make it happen. And I won't be able to do it. And it, it holds us back, that kind of thing. And um, maybe, like, if if there's a few of us, we'd be like, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll, we'll give it a go. And, you know, maybe make a hash of it. But all right, maybe we'll give it a go yeah. anyway. And what's, what's, the, what's the scale of success and failure? It's yeah. always grey anyway, yeah. especially when you're doing things like this. Yeah. And I think you are such a great example of somebody who, with no background of these things, just a sense of what did need to change, you've just 100% thrown yourself into it. And you are candidly just saying, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm giving it a go and... The more people who give it a go with me, the better this experience will be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like a good chance to sort of... I think if you have an idea for something and you think, do you know what, I'd really like to see that happen in the village. I would really like to see... So some of the ideas we've had, we've had this idea about starting a repair cafe, like yeah. they have in Birchwood. Yeah. So that's about sustainability because it's about learning to repair your own stuff rather than sort of disposable culture, you know, like buy it, bin it, buy it, bin it. Instead, you learn to repair stuff. And that's a great feeling. You will know if you've ever repaired anything. Yeah. If you repair stuff and you make a good job of it, whether that's like sewing up a pair of socks or like fixing a tap in your house that's broken... You feel amazing. Yeah. Haven't done that because yeah. you're like, wow, I can repair things. And repair cafes really great for that because it's about somebody who's who's quite an expert volunteer repairer repairing it in front of you and showing you how to do it. So you bring your item, they repair it, they talk you through what you're doing. Next time it breaks, you know what you're doing to repair it. Fantastic. So you're just sharing the knowledge, but you're also meeting that person. And often the volunteer repairers are older people who've had these skills from when they were very young yeah. and they're absolutely loving passing these skills on and having like a really great sort of purposeful activity to do and so you can see how like the repair cafe is it, very much sort of in the spirit of transition so you know we've thought well it'd be great to have that here in Lim and that might be something we could make happen the library of things that's an idea we've been talking about a lot and we've had on the transition group which is linked to repair cafe it's like a library but for stuff often tools the kind of items people buy as a one-off 
and don't then use all the time. That's just sat in their shed or in yeah. the loft. Yeah. And um, you can share them. You can share them, yeah. And it's sometimes a bit awkward, I think, you know, asking your neighbour. So there's one person that I know well in the village who share anything, you know, and always says like, oh, please borrow this from me. But I feel bad asking. <laughs> Whereas if I had to just click on a website to sort of borrow it officially, I'd feel a bit more okay about doing that. Yeah. So yeah, that I think that's an idea that could take off in the village. When you said about how to get people more aware of it and more involved, I think we become more visible and the whole culture becomes more visible. If there is Library of Things, Repair Cafe, uh, various nature type projects that are quite visible, then people start to be like, oh, what's this? And, yeah, and how's that happened? Yeah. And who's behind this? Yeah. Yeah. And you might come to Repair Cafe, might you, and get your, you know, I took a pair of my brother's jeans like the zip broke off and when he was at my house once um make no comments about him having put on weight like but anyway um and I took them for his birthday I took him to a repair cafe and asked them to like put another zip on it because I thought oh you you know you love your jeans don't you and you don't really want a new pair Never. you want your special ones that you love so I thought it'll be a nicer present to repair the ones he's done but I don't know how to do it so I took him got them repaired and then you know, so if you imagine you go in with your pair of jeans needing repair, but then the next time you, you sort of go and take something else, and each time you've learned a new skill, but then after a while you might think, okay, well maybe I'll go and join the sewers there, yeah, and be one of the sewers, yeah. or maybe I'll serve the tea, yeah, because actually I really like going to the repair cafe, yeah, and it's I got think, a nice vibe and yeah. it's a nice place to be. That's what you kind of, that's what I always imagined them would be, if I'm honest, yeah, and I don't think it. Uh, it's it's very bad of me to say because I spend very little time here a lot of the time but it's never really had that community pull I think in in a lot of ways it's kind of a strange place and even when you talk to the business owners in Lim you know they'll say it's a tricky customer base to figure out so it, it, it has fascinated me a bit how you get it's a village of over 12,000 so it's a big village and growing as we see houses go up all the time and you would think that people want to live somewhere like this because of that community pool I know it has the community hall and the market that's on sometimes and those things are nice to go to but you kind of go and come back don't you it's not like you're describing there something like the repair cafe could be a hub a hub yeah I think Lim is a village of volunteers oh yeah there are many many volunteers but i kind of agree with you that there's not a sense of a hub to where those volunteers are although i think once you get talking to people in the village you know who the big names are of the volunteers (laughs) oh yeah definitely (laughs) Um, (laughs) there is definitely a sense of it um although the, the the places and the kind of projects might not exist that kind of hold that scaffolding I think the humanity of the community is there. Totally. The people are, um, yeah, I think the commu- there is a community of volunteers here. There really is. Think so, yeah. But it's kind of, in its hundreds, max. Yes, yes. And even when I talk to people about even the biggest meetings that they've had about volunteering, I think, uh, I think Zoe mentioned that they had 600 at one point connected to Lim Energy. Yeah. And I was going, oh, it's, of course, I know how hard it is to get 600 people to something. So I'm not <laughs> knocking this, but it's nowhere near 12,000, is it? No. And it's still, how do we knock 
outside of that those of volunteers big yeah. names yeah the big names that pop up all the time <laughs> into generally people who consider themselves citizens of Lim feeling part of that community mm, that's interesting yeah so how is the relationship between the transition village and Lim Parish Council there is a little bit of a relationship yeah so there's quite a few people who were on the um, parish council that, that are kind of amongst the sort of big names of people who also are involved with a lot of volunteering and also have an environmental interest. Yeah. And um, those people are like connecting nodes between the parish council environment group and the transition group and low carbon limb. And um, there's a bit of that sense that like, you know, if, if God forbid all of them got COVID, then um, it would all... <laughs> collapse yes <laughs> you would just be left with like you know relative newcomers or something i don't know and the, so yeah uh, limb transition village is connected a little bit with the council obviously we're very new and so and we're a bit of an unknown quantity even to ourselves so um. so it's all up for grabs then yeah. it's all so the base connections are there the big names of Lim are in yeah i think so and now it's just about probably more projects yes more exposure yes and people just as i said like not not asking permission so it's like if you're if you listen to this and you're thinking like oh i want to whether you're in limo or wherever you are because you were saying you've got people listening over the world and you're thinking i want to make that repair cafe happen in limo or you're thinking i want to make that happen in my town but i don't know how to do it just do it or just get in touch. Yeah. So the the first group that you set up was on Facebook because yeah. you saw that limb sort of Facebook following. Mm-hmm. So there is, for everybody listening, there is a limb transition village. That's all yeah. they need to search. Yeah, And yeah. they'll find the group on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And that can be step number one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then just, as I say, just um, get the project going and, 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 um, and kind of say like oh I want I want to make this project happen who's who's working on this is anyone working on this in, in limb transition come to one of our meetings we have a meeting each month or um just write on the Facebook group I, I want, really want to make this happen this particular project and I like who else wants to work on it and if, if there's like two three of us then we'll just you know give it a yeah, go yeah. and and make it happen and there's no permission needed from anyone um, <laughs> to do it yeah so it really is in the hands of the people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and we've got uh, a wealth of connections with other groups doing similar stuff where we can say, okay, the project that, that we, we're talking about now is, for example, if you've said to me, like, well, I actually really want to create a wildflower meadow on these verges here, round near where I live, you know, and we can say, okay, well, you know, actually we, we're aware that, you know, Warrington Borough Council's trying to do that in Birchwood, Right. And there's someone in Birchwood involved with that, and we know that Northwich Transition are trying to set up a wildflower meadow. So we've got people we can go to straight away and say, like, you know, there's these two, three people that want to do this in Lynn. Where do we start? Yeah. Um, so it really is that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a call out to anybody <laughs> listening to get in touch first point via the Lim Facebook group yeah yeah and if people have got ideas on how to get that repair cafe yeah, up and running yeah. and and create this hub that just sounds amazing it, I think it would be a real asset for the village wouldn't it it would and you know we have like um obviously the sanctuary hub and um, they're really trying to create that kind oh, of yeah, space there yeah. and, and we you know we you know we are working chatting with them about 
this kind of thing and because we there's no point we don't want to be in any way competitive yeah like what's the point no. if someone else is doing it just help them with it make it a collaboration you know yeah that's fine yeah <laughs> it all sounds amazing and I guess if anyone's got any ideas of what you should do with this beautiful allotment you'd welcome those too <laughs> as we've been sat here on albeit a dry day still a bit chilly but yeah. the birds are going crazy in the background and it is a stunning place just to come and have a cuppa isn't it it is <laughs> so thanks so much You're for welcome. inviting us down here today it's been great to have this chat with you yeah it's nice to meet and you I, and I hope that we see some amazing things come out of the transition village yeah great <laughs> thanks again to nina's guests today and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the change troubleshooter nina invites you to carry on the conversation with her directly all contact details can be found on her website ninadar.com join us for the next episode in two weeks time this has been a sun-soaked creative production